the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. You're very welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock. Now, we've all felt the impacts of not getting enough sleep. The yawning, the drooping eyes, the crankiness, the list goes on and on. Well, here, as always, with sage advice, is Enda Murphy, the psychotherapist and director of CME.ie for another edition of The Hard Shoulder Health Check. Enda, let's start with a basic one. Do we need eight hours sleep? Uh, well, it all depends on how old you are. Like when you get to my age, you need about six hours. When you're about six years of age, you need about 11 hours. But on average, it's somewhere between 11 hours and about six hours. But as we get older, we need less and less sleep. And Margaret Thatcher famously used to live in about three or four hours sleep a night. But teenagers especially need about eight to 10 hours a night. All right. And, you know, that's where we'd run into most problems with teenagers because we reckon about 70% of adolescents are not getting enough sleep. Quite often I'd get contacted by parents you know they're kind of their mood their irritability you know their increased alcohol you know risk-taking behaviors ability to study and everything like that and they're actually sleep deprived and that's one of the major issues that wow. you'd have to start addressing at the start yeah well what are the factors that affect our sleep uh well it, with teenagers especially you know parents don't quite often don't understand this all right but you know around the beginning of puberty all right most adolescents start experiencing what's called phase delay and what that actually means is, is that they're, 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 they're kind of, the phase delay <clears throat> shifts their internal body clock back by about two hours. So as you know, 11 or 12 years, 11, 12 years of age, you got them to sleep at around 10 o'clock or about nine o'clock in the evening, but suddenly they reach puberty and suddenly with all the testosterone and estrogen and everything going on in the head, everything starts going on. So if it's, you know, most teenagers don't, can't actually go to sleep before 11 o'clock at night. And that's the phase delay. So you suddenly lose about two hours. Now, the problem that goes on with that is if you're looking to get your eight to 10 hours a night as an adolescent and you're going to bed at 11 o'clock, then you need to be getting up at around seven, about eight o'clock, about eight, nine o'clock in the morning. And that was one of the reasons behind, you know, a study that was done in the USA. They start school now at around quarter to eight in the morning. But what they did was a school in Oregon decided to actually start school much later. So they started school around 10 o'clock in the morning. And when they got school at 10 o'clock it meant the kids were going to bed at 11 o'clock they were getting up at around eight o'clock in the morning half eight nine o'clock in the morning Mm. and they found that the kids was demonstrably improved their whole demeanor their ability to study and everything and they were getting on average an extra two or an hour an hour and a half sleep a night and it was absolutely demonstrable what they actually found so where you start school later we start at nine but kids shouldn't actually be getting out of bed until about eight o'clock in the morning Oh, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that uh, somewhere have actually tried this out uh, and they found there's some proof in that pudding. When we talk about sleep, I mean, sleep is a pretty broad term and there can be good and bad sleep and there's different sleep cycles. Uh, what, what counts as good sleep? Oh, God, right. Well, the, the first thing we have what's called the sleep cycle, and we go through about, well, we can go through about these, you know, six or seven times a night. But the, the first is the first 25 minutes when you put your head in the pillow and you go to sleep. And that's called non-REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. And that's where your body is settling down. It's switching off at the night. Well, after about 25 minutes, you go into what's called deep sleep. 
And that's where all the good stuff happens. So you restore your energy. And, you know, if you ever have a nap during the day, that goes into deep sleep. You know, these delicious naps you have in the day. Mm. You just really feel like you sleep like the dead. And that goes on. And then you go into what's called rapid eye movement sleep, REM sleep. And that's where you start processing and storing your memories. You start dreaming, which is your brain, your subconscious trying to process what's going on around you. And that's your learning, your balanced mood. Now, your sleep cycle keeps repeating every hour and a half every 90 minutes and this the rem part gets longer each time so if you go through about five or six sleep patterns or cycles a night then you'll find that your rem sleep the dream sleep is getting longer and longer and longer so mm. if you're not getting enough deep sleep you're not going to have energy you're going to find your mood massively impacted and if you're not getting good rem sleep Right, you're not you're processing and your kind of your ability to deal with anxiety and everything like that. You're learning during the day, your ability to concentrate and you're balancing your mood, they're all getting affected. But you need to be getting, and I think if, from what I said, I think teenagers need about they need about six, five to six sleep cycles a night. Wow. And when we yeah, but that's what happens. And you know, what happens is is that when you look to why do you, you know, everybody says avoid coffee. Nobody ever explains why you're avoiding coffee because, you know, and I'd be one of those people who I would live on coffee. You know, I'd kind of drink coffee all, all day. And for some reason, I would think, hey, that doesn't actually affect me. But it mightn't actually affect me going to sleep, but it will affect the quality of sleep that I'm actually having. So if half-life, the half-life is how long it takes half of a drug to get out of your system. So the half-life of caffeine, if I take one dose of caffeine, Six hours is how long it takes to get out of my system. So if you reduce, okay, if you take one do dose of caffeine in the evening, it reduces your deep sleep by 20%. Wow. So that means you get up feeling exhausted. And ironically, you then crave more caffeine to feel alert the following morning. So you end up having all these and you start kind of drinking coffee to wake yourself up, which then, of course, you goes into the afternoon, which then affects your sleep and you get into this cycle. So avoid caffeine after lunch. Drink right. tea, drink something After lunch, else. there is a certain political yeah. correspondent with the newspaper of record in Ireland and I have seen him drinking Americanos at 10 and 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> How he has such a cheery disposition during the day, I'll never know. He's defying science, and according to you. Listen, coffee, that, that that's an obvious one then. Avoid caffeine after lunch. What, what, what yeah. are the other tips then in terms of getting a better night's sleep and getting the amount of sleep cycles you need yeah. to get? Okay, the, the, the most important one for all teenagers, all right, is definitely the jet lag effect. So you're getting up between seven, you get up at seven o'clock in the morning, you go back to 11 o'clock at night, Monday to Monday to Thursday. And then on Saturday, the child gets out at 2 p.m., gets out sometime in the afternoon, and they go back to bed around three or four o'clock in the morning. And then they try to get back into the system. But jet lag only affects you when you go east. It affects you worse going east than it does when you're going west. And by getting up at 7 to 11, you're getting up in Irish time. If you get up at 2 p.m., you're getting up in New York time. And if you, get up, if you go back to bed at 4 a.m., you're going back to bed at Beijing time. So you'll find that an awful lot of kids and an awful lot of people, they try to catch up on sleep over the weekend, which you can't do. You only get a certain amount each day. But what happens is, is that at weekends, they can go, 
from you know New York time to Beijing time back to Irish time, and that creates a jet lag effect. Their own circadian rhythm, their own body clock doesn't know what to do. So you should be getting up within an hour of when you would normally get up. So if you get up at half seven or eight o'clock on during the week, you should get up within nine o'clock. And it's not everybody comes when they have a sleep bar and says, I can't go to sleep. It's all determined by what time you're getting out of the bed at rather than what time you're actually going to bed at. Because if you get up in the morning, that will regulate okay. itself. Okay. The other the yeah. other one is when you put your head in the pillow, how do you switch off your head? Oh, yeah, this is because... the thing that when people's head hits the pillow, a million things start racing through their mind. Absolutely. And the easiest way of doing that is... It's about 10 minutes before you go to bed, get out a sheet of paper, write down all the things that you need to do, your to-do list, and mark them into things I have to do tomorrow, things I'll do in a week's time, and things I do maybe in a month's time. All right? And take five minutes to go. Now, put your head down on the pillow and park it there. And that has an amazing effect of what you can do. Leave the notebook beside your bed, because I guarantee if your head is really busy, you're going to wake up at some time during the night, and it's easy just to write down, oh, that's a job I need to do, and I put it aside. And by putting it down there, you can pick it up in the morning. So keeping something to actually the to-do list is that you will find, if you do to-do list, you will fall asleep significantly faster. And I think that's the research is about 20 to 30% faster than that. Another thing that you have to do is your bedroom temperature. So you need to keep it around 18 degrees. If you're too hot or too cold, you're going to wake up more and that decreases the, the ability of your sleep. But the big one that's coming out in the last few weeks, mm. and that is the use of diet and also this famous vitamin D. Since COVID came oh, in, oh yeah, we've everybody... all talked about this. Vitamin D is good for 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 combating COVID or for helping you deal with it if you are infected. It's helpful for sleep as well. Absolutely, because what was actually works is that vitamin D receptors are common in nearly all the tissue of your body and in the numerous areas of the brains that affect your sleep regulation. So not only is it affecting your immune system, all right, it's also affecting in your sleep regulation. And if you have vitamin D deficiency, the research that is coming out recently is that vitamin D, if you, if you have a sleep disorder with low vitamin D, correct the vitamin D and that will in significantly increase the quality of your sleep you might not be kind of going to bed too early but it's the quality remember it's the quality of what you're getting when you're asleep rather than just going to bed at a certain time and coming back and then the old adage which has been down since for the last 200 years where granny always told you that fish was the was the food for the brain where well, we know that it has a huge effect and now we're actually starting to realize that the actual uh foods are right kind of there's very little foods that contain huge amounts of vitamin d oily fish is one of them and then the last one is yeah. recent research has come out is that the, the connection between intake of magnesium and zinc in sleep quality so oh, when right. you're told you are what you eat it's now been proven in the research well there you have it uh, get into a good routine and break that jet lag effect switch off the racing mind by making a to-do list limit caffeine after lunch have a good temperature in the bedroom a nice constant temperature vitamin d magnesium and zinc they will all help you and probably most importantly as enda said they'll help your teenager get a good night's sleep they're the ones uh, who seem crankiest without it enda a pleasure as always always speaking to you. Thank you very much, Kieran.
Enda Murphy, psychotherapist there and director of CME.ie. That is our lot for today's edition of The Hard Shoulder. Off the Ball are up next and I'll be back tomorrow from four. Have a good one. 